You're listening to Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casino presents Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Brought to you by Verizon Wireless. This is 5G done right. By Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. Pick up any of our award-winning sauces on the way home tomorrow night at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casino, home of Bar Canada, a north-of-the-border home, Las Vegas style. Roger Klein's Canesy owned Tequila, ultra-smooth, Arizona-owned. Behind the mask, whether you're on ice or in line, we are the Valley's headquarters for all of your hockey needs. By M-Drive, presenting partner of What Drives You, M-Drive for energy, stamina, recovery. And by Summer Skates, get your personalized koozies and shower shoes at icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by the D Las Vegas Resort and Casino, is a part of the icetimehockeysw.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Rob Rothbard. All right, welcome in, hockey fans, anywhere that you may be joining us tonight. Uh, this is Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by our friends at the D Hotel Resort Casino in Las Vegas, beautiful downtown Las Vegas, the D Las Vegas. Scott Strandy joining you from beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona tonight. My co-host, as always, Rob Rothbard, joining me from, I think, beautiful Southern California, but we'll find out. Rob, how are you? I am well, Scott. Thank you very much. And how are you? Uh, Rob, Southern California tonight? Yep, I'm, I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> uh, uh, my connection is really bad. I just finally okay. got plugged in the right way. So okay. we're up and running as uh, as hope. But um, last week, the uh, All-Star Game, the Home Run Derby, how were things? Uh, it was a lot of fun, actually. It was it was great to be there. It was one of my bucket list items to see the Home Run Derby. I did not go to the All-Star Game. It's actually turned out to be one of my regrets because uh, my family had a good time at the game. Uh, but it was a great week in Colorado. Uh, it was a little weird doing it from the stairwell. It's a little bit more comfortable in my <laughs> in my humble abode. Uh, but you know what? I like it. I like taking it on the road, though. The road show. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I've done it plenty of times, Rob, in my car in various places around the United States. So um, n- nothing like being at home, though, and being set up in front of your uh, your computer and, and have everything in a comfortable position. So as I said, I'm in Scottsdale tonight. You are in Southern California, uh, and we are talking NHL hockey. This is night two of our six podcasts and seven nights. Uh, we're calling it the NHL Draft Week. So while we're still talking college hockey and things like that, we are also talking the NHL draft, expansion draft, and uh, and all of that good stuff. So um, we're looking forward to a really fun week. I'm looking forward to it. It's exciting. Uh, a new franchise, uh, even though they're technically born, will have players uh, to go along with the name Kraken. Uh, the NHL had to submit by Sunday their list of protected. A uh, lot of surprises on the list. Not some, not so much. A lot of expensive goaltenders, and we and we've talked many of times of how important goaltending is for NHL teams. Yeah, you're uh, 100% correct. We saw it in the uh, Stanley Cup final. We saw it in the Stanley Cup playoffs. We see it every year. Um, I think for for Arizona Coyote fans, uh, there was kind of a, 
maybe a little sigh of relief. It's not over yet, obviously. The draft is Wednesday, but they protected Darcy Kemper. Um, they uh, made a trade and uh, moved uh, Aiden Hill to uh, San Jose and picked up San Jose's goaltender. I'm not even going to venture the name. If you, th- if you can do it, uh, go right ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll leave that to you. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, they got Joseph. I'm going to go with that, but Joseph. Um, and uh, I'm I, I'm thrilled about it because I think Aiden Hill, as good as he is, he probably just needed a change, and maybe so did uh, the, the San Jose goaltender. So what that means, Rob, is is that uh, uh, Auntie Ranta is left uh, unprotected, and from all indications, uh, Auntie Ranta is not going to be the selection um, from the, uh, the Seattle team. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna probably go with a guy like Tyler Pitlick. Uh, I, you know what? It'll be very interesting to see who they take. But I've heard that Chris Dreidiger from the Florida Panthers will be an early pick. I've heard Capo Kakinen from the Wild as uh, one of the goalies, and possibly even Braden Holpe. So, uh, like we talked about earlier, expensive goalies because there's still price out there uh, as well. Uh, there's Jonathan Quick out there. So there's a lot of ten million dollar goalies. But will they be selected is the question. So it'll be interesting to see who they choose for their backstop. Well, not only that, but the other thing is is that um, Seattle is doing what Vegas did uh, five years ago. They're starting to um, lure teams in by saying, like, okay, we won't pick so-and-so if you give me so-and-so or give me this and this. Um, I just saw a recently a, a talk about Calgary's uh, Mark Giordano. Um, they – they said that the cost for him not to be selected if they're not bluffing is a first and a third. Um, <laughs> it's, it's weird. And, and the NHL also said, Rob, I, I, they came out and they put a stop to the fact that Seattle wasn't going to be able to take Carey Price and then trade him back to Montreal. They said, whoa, no, 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 that's <laughs> not going to work that way. So um, I, think, I think there's a lot of gamesmanship. And I think there's also a lot of restrictions that the the NHL is going like, okay, we learned in Vegas. We're not letting that happen this time. And uh, any future franchises that come on, we're not going to let it happen then either. Well, it's one of the rare times what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. So uh, it's not a <laughs> good one. Nice. <laughs> so they're not, they, they did learn from their mistakes, uh, but it's almost like a game of chicken. Ron Francis is saying, okay, this is what our plan is. Do you believe us or not? You know, and so we'll see come expansion draft day on uh, Wednesday, and we'll we'll see what happens when those when those uh, cards are turned. I like what the Kraken are doing; they're bringing all Seattle legends in to turn the cards and to uh, make the picks. Uh, so it's going to be an, a really big extravaganza for the Kraken, and uh, and I'm looking forward to the excitement. Well, and that's the thing; they they have something to live up to because Vegas did it really big and really special, and everything they did from the start of their franchise. Uh, to right now, including going to the Stanley Cup final their first year. So no matter what Seattle does, uh, they're always going to be compared to Vegas. And I don't know uh, how you continue to one-up each other. I think you just have to try to uh, be unique and, and bring back the legends like that uh, from not only the Seahawks, but the Mariners and the Supersonics and, all, and the WNBA. I mean, all that stuff. Um, that's unique, right? I think it is. I think it is. I think it's honoring all the Seattle legends that they, uh, with this new franchise. And hopefully they'll get all those fans, the Mariner fans, 
the WNBA, WNBA fans, you know, uh, this, the former Supersonic fans and all those fans, the Seahawks fans on the Kraken bandwagon. And if you do that, you elevate the level of excitement in the city. And as you know, Seattle could be a great place when the team is winning. Yeah, and long as long as they play inside, where you don't have to deal with the rain and all <laughs> oh, that. Well, I'm sorry, Seattle. I didn't mean to jump on you like that. I am sorry. Um, so anyway, that's what's going on in the NHL tonight. We're going to bring on a guy that knows a little bit about the NHL, a little bit about the AHL, about NCAA hockey, a little bit about everything. We're going to have uh, a special guest, the new newest assistant coach for the Abbotsford Canucks. Uh, Jeff Almer is going to join us here in about three or four minutes. So. Uh, I look forward to, to talking with Jeff again. Him and I have visited a few times uh, on the show and um, very knowledgeable, very smart hockey player and very smart hockey coach. So um, the, the Vancouver organization is getting a good one and uh, we'll have Jeff on in just a few minutes to uh, talk about it. Um, before we get to that though, I just want to throw in a couple more things quickly is that um, our show uh, Thursday night, uh, we'll have our regular Wednesday club show, which will be on uh, right after they uh, make the selections. And then Thursday, we'll break everything down with uh, myself, you, uh, Paul Hornstein, and our special guest, Tom Callahan, the former voice of the Predators and Tucson Roadrunners. And then Saturday night, Rob, we'll break it all down again on the amateur draft side of things. So lots of good stuff to talk about. Um, we'll get it all done, I promise. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, anytime the draft, whether it's the MLB draft, the NFL draft, the NHL draft, it's exciting. I love the draft because it's kids who've busted their butt all through uh, their childhood and high school and sometimes college to, to get to that next level. And it's an exciting night for all. Uh, being a, a baseball parent, you know, I can understand that. I, I know some kids that were drafted. So that draft night is just something special. Yeah, we'll have a chance to break it all down Saturday night and Thursday night. We'll break down what the, the Kraken did and uh, what other teams were left with, if we can. So we'll take a quick break now, and we'll spend a couple minutes visiting with some of our uh, uh, partners, and then we'll come back and we'll bring on Jeff Almer from the Abbotsford Canucks in about three minutes. Hi, this is Derek Stevens. Download your new sports betting app with Circus Sports. Get 24-7 access to a dynamic sports betting menu, including props, futures, cross-sport parlays, in-game wagering, and more. Sign up for the mobile wagering app at CircusSports.com. Then visit one of our downtown Las Vegas sportsbooks at the D or the Golden Gate to activate and fund your mobile wagering account. Learn more at CircusSports.com. Really, JR, you think you can still do this? I'm focused. You're way too old to hit that target from there. If you 
you live in the valley, you know that there is no shortage of great Mexican food. But if you want authentic taste with a fair price and relaxed atmosphere, then head to Burrito Express. From the breakfast burritos served all day to combination plates for lunch, Burrito Express delivers that homemade taste you would expect from your own kitchen. Try all of our authentic Mexican recipes at any of our six East Valley locations, from Scottsdale to Gilbert and all points in between. ASU alumni owned and operated since 1995. Go to burritoexpress.com and check out our menu or find a location to order for fast pickup or delivery. You're listening to Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. All right, we're back. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy in beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona tonight. And uh, my co-host, as always, Rob Rothfarb, joining me from beautiful Southern California, where I'm guessing, Rob, it's a little bit cooler than 107. It's about 75 and glorious uh, little slight breeze. It's, it's a beautiful Southern California day. Uh, that's the way you love it. It's like that all the time, isn't it? Uh, yeah, that's one thing I don't get bored of. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I saw in the news tonight, though, that there is some uh, wildfires burning again, but nothing close to you, I take it. Nothing close to me. Uh, in fact, we're not even affected by it. You don't even hear about them right now. They're, I think they're more north. Yeah, entirely possible. I know it's been burning all over the place, so um, not not a bit surprised that uh, that uh, that's the way it is. This is uh, that type of season. We're also getting monsoon storms here. It seems like every night we're getting some of those. So as we try to connect with Jeff here, uh, um, we will um, – continue to talk a little hockey so if you want to give us a little breakdown about what you think is going to happen from that uh uh seattle draft point i will let you run with that and we'll see i think i got jeff uh so let's bring him on the newest uh, assistant coach from the abbotsford canucks jeff almer joining us jeff you got scott and rob with you tonight how are you hey guys can you hear me okay we can hear you loud and clear that's great uh, i'm doing fine how are you uh, doing great. I, I was thrilled personally, Jeff, because I know how hard you work, and I was thrilled to see you get that job. Uh, I think it's going to be a great fit, but you tell me what you thought uh, when that call came and said, hey, we're going to bring you on as an assistant coach up in Abbotsford. Yeah, thank you guys uh, first for having me on, and um, yeah, that was an exciting call. I, I had, um, like you know, Scott, I played with Ryan Johnson uh, in North Dakota way back in the day in uh, college hockey there. So he's a guy that I've known for a long time since we were uh, basically teenagers. Um, and he's kind of followed my career. I've followed his since, uh, since that time. And um, head coach there is Trent Call, who I also played with in, uh, in the minors in the, Ameri- or in the uh, IHL, the last season of the IHL. So it's an organization that I'm familiar with uh, some of the, uh, the key members of the organization, which was a big deal uh, to me. And um, I think it would have... It would have worked out last season, even the, the shortened season, if um, if they didn't have to join up with uh, the St. Louis Blues organization for the for the pandemic shortened season. I, I, I may have been there even last season, uh, as we were talking before uh, before that season began. But um, as it worked out, and as it turned out, um, the timing was right for me to join them um, for the coming season, and I couldn't be happier. It's a it's a it's a good opportunity for me to get behind a bench and. Um, as much as I like the, the skill stuff with the Coyotes, uh, this is kind of what I what I had in mind for myself uh, next. So I'm happy to be joining the Canucks and get started there. 
You're you were as you just mentioned the skills coach. Uh, what what are you bringing as far as uh, the coaching staff is expecting from you? Uh, are you going to be more power play? Uh, how how are you going to add to the staff? Yeah, uh, when I played, uh, I played 19 seasons, so I played a long time, and I was a forward. Uh, I played center and right wing, and um, uh, played a little bit of defense on the power play. But I'm going to be uh, primarily in charge or, or helping with the forwards and then also the power play. Yeah. So it's been, uh, uh, starting already kind of researching, doing, uh, um, getting my power play, uh, uh, plans up to speed and everything like that. And getting to know some of the forwards that I'll be, uh, working with and, um, also pre-scouting some of the teams within the division and stuff like that. But yes, primarily, uh, forwards and power play there. So, Jeff, when we talk about the AHL, and there's so many things. Um, uh, I had Steve Potvin on a couple of weeks ago, and when I had him yeah. on, I, w- I was talking about it's such a fine line between uh, trying to develop players and get them to the NHL, but also to win. And I'm sure, uh, like any organization, you want to win. So any thoughts on, on what your team is going to do as far as trying to make that uh, line a little bit um more blurred so you can uh, turn out NHL players, but yet still win hockey games. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that is a fine line. It's important to develop the guys and, and get them um, prepared for what they might may or may not see uh, up in the NHL. So I think that uh, what, what Potsy had said is, is exactly right. You want to be, um, you want to be pushing the guys along and have them ready for if that, uh, if that call comes from the, from the parent club. Um, and it's important you have to be invested in the, the owner, the organization and the ownership group has to be invested in, in, the, in the AHL team. And you'd hope that they'd want to put some money into the team and, and have a budget that, uh, that's going to compete. But that's, uh, that's out of the coach's control. That's the uh, organization as a whole. But I think it's important as coaches that you, you push each guy and have them prepared as much as you can and, and do your best to, to uh, help the organization as a whole. And um, develop the, the guys in the AHL so that they're ready. Well, you talk about getting them NHL ready. Uh, who, who are you excited to coach this season that is the closest from your team that's ready for the next? Well, there's, there's, there's a lot of, uh, of good names. I think you look at Lind and, and Gadjevich and I know Rathbone will likely be up in the, um, uh, with the Canucks, but you, you never know. A pod Colson would, would most likely, be um, one of the guys that's looked upon to to grab a spot out of camp, but you never know. That there's always names that, that they may sign um, that come into camp, and there's just not room. So I, it doesn't really matter to me. It's the that's the organization's decision. But I'm I'm excited to get in there and and, and get settled and um, get to know the guys and have a relationship with uh, with with not only the players but the coaches and the strength staff and the the training staff and the equipment guys and, and everybody it's just an exciting uh, exciting time for me Jeff you know uh, we expanded this year uh, to cover all of the Pacific Division little did I know when I made that decision that Abbotsford is going to be in the Pacific Division so yeah. I've got Rob assigned to get his passport I think he's already got it and, and get him up over the border to see some games up there but we're looking forward to seeing your team but from from what you know um, about the Pacific Division I know you, you know a lot about it being down here in Arizona with the Roadrunners and the Coyotes organization but um, how competitive do you think the AHL Pacific Division is going to be this year? That's a good question. I think you, you, you never know. It depends kind of how the draft goes, how the expansion goes, and then you kind of 
see what what teams bring on for veteran help and, and some veteran guys in the American League. But it's always a competitive league. It's um, I, I've gotten a chance to play in, in basically every uh, every one of the top leagues in, in the world. Basically, and the American Hockey League is is definitely one of the most, if not the most, competitive. I mean, outside the NHL, so. Um, it's always going to be guys fighting for spots, fighting for jobs, you know, within their own team and, and against the uh, the other teams in the division. And as you've seen, hockey has uh, has really caught on down here in the Southwest, and um, they're pumped up there in Henderson with the with the Vegas uh, team. And now an exciting, uh, not this year, but next year with Palm Springs is going to be a good addition. And then uh, Abbotsford, as you know, that anytime you have teams in Canada, it's uh, it's the hottest uh, ticket in town. So that's only going to add to the uh, excitement. But as you saw with the Roadrunners, and I've, I've had the chance to go see some games and, and know the know the coaching staff there, there well, and they do a great job. So I think they're going to put a great product there. And we definitely have to follow suit up there in Abbotsford and have a competitive team. And hopefully uh, the division uh, continues to be strong. You mentioned the expansion draft, the NHL draft. This is the week of both of those. How are you and your coaching staff preparing for both the expansion draft and the NHL draft? Honestly, we're not a part of it. It's uh, that's that's the big club, and that's that's kind of all on them. I haven't had one one talk about it with them. Obviously, I'll follow along and and see what happens. You never know if a guy can be uh, if a guy from the minor league can be packaged along uh, like a prospect for if they take a certain guy or something. But I haven't had any uh, talks whatsoever, so that's kind of above my pay grade for sure. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if there's anything above your pay grade, my friend. I know the work that you put in, but um, just a quick side note. Uh, I was covering, uh, you know, the AHL this year, and I was in Colorado, and I watched them play Bakersfield, and I should have probably been more aware of this, but an old North Dakota player was captaining that team, you know, Brad Malone, and, yeah. and I'm going like, holy cow, didn't Brad Malone play with you? <laughs> With me, he didn't. He didn't. But uh, <laughs> one of the coaches, Aaron Schneekloth, uh, he was around when I was there, but he's a coach for Colorado. But, um, yeah, there's, you look around the league, there's a lot of them. And, um, yeah, like I mentioned before, Ryan Johnson's our GM, so that, that worked out uh, well for me. And um, we have a good relationship, so I'm excited to, to work alongside another North Dakota guy. Okay, quick follow-up on that, Rob, before you jump in. Um, tell us about Abbotsford. Have you been up there, and were you there before? Have you been there before uh, this job opportunity? I haven't, actually. I was up there for the draft in Vancouver, and I, I grew up in Saskatchewan, so only a couple provinces over from, from B.C., but I have not. Uh, my family traveled to Vancouver to watch a, a CFL game when I was a kid and, and check out some of the whales and whatever else out there, but... Uh, I, I can't tell you much about the city and even the area. And I don't even think I've been to Abbotsford unless I was a kid at a hockey tournament <laughs> or something. So we're going up there already uh, in a couple weeks, just under two weeks. We'll be up there. Uh, we're staying in Van downtown Vancouver for uh, a month. And then we're going to look around for places because I have a five-year-old that's got to go to school. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to look out some schools and find a, find a place to, uh, to call home for a few years for sure. All right. So before I make my trip to Abbotsford, I'm gonna reach out to you so you know, so you can tell me the hotels to stay in, and also what sure. good restaurants to go to. <laughs> For sure, I know that it's beautiful, though it is. It is, to be honest, one of the nicest places in the world up there. Uh, Vancouver is uh, is is really beautiful. So we're we're really looking forward to it. So Jeff, the important part, 
I guess for a lot of teams right now is they're realizing just how important it is to have their uh, minor league affiliates as close to them as possible. And we see it in Tucson and Phoenix. We see it now in um, Henderson and, and Vegas. And uh, for a while, Vancouver, well, forever, Vancouver has been all the way across the country. So how excited is the organization as a whole to be able to have those guys right there in their backyard, so to speak? Yeah, I think it's exciting for the for the organization having been, you know, within close proximity, like Tucson's, you know, hour and a half, hour 45 there. And it's it's similar there in Abbotsford, depending on traffic. It's like 45 minutes or something. So it's right in the backyard and fans that, that want to see the next wave of, uh, of talent there for the Canucks get to go see them in Abbotsford. And another thing that I liked is the, is the name. They kept the name, the Canucks. And uh, speaking from experience, being in like the Senators organization and, and things like that, it was always nice when your team was, was named the same as the big team. You kind of had more of a connection um, as a whole. So I liked that they, uh, they named the, the team the Canucks. And I also liked the jerseys, just on a side note. But um, yeah, I think it's an exciting thing for the whole Fraser Valley, which is the area there in, in Abbotsford. There's a lot of different uh, Langley and Surrey and Abbotsford and um, just outside of Vancouver. So it's it's exciting and um, hockey there obviously is number one. So that's going to be uh, an exciting uh, thing for the whole area. So would Abbotsford uh, be expecting the growth of, uh, like you see in, in Nevada with the uh, Golden Knights and the uh, Silver Knights, how they've really embraced it? They've already obviously have the Vancouver Canucks. They have now with Abbotsford. I mean, is the community just going crazy right now? I've heard that there's a lot of uh, ticker requests and uh, sales for the low, like for the hats and shirts and jerseys and stuff like that. And, and that's to be expected in, in Canada, any kind of new, uh, new, new team like that and, uh, and a new way to support their, the, the Canucks team. Cause uh, I'm sure season tickets and, and ticker requests are, are pretty expensive to go watch the big club. So if you can watch the, uh, the next wave and we can put a good product on the ice there in the AHL, I think that's only going to bring a lot more fans and a lot more attention to the organization as a whole and help with the whole uh, Canucks brand. So um, yeah, it's an exciting time for, for the area and I'm, I, uh, I can't wait to see it firsthand. You know, I know you've had a bunch of meetings, and we appreciate you taking some time to visit with us tonight. But uh, tell me a little bit, if you can, tell us and our listeners what it's been like for you um, over the last 18 months of the pandemic and uh, everything being kind of up in the air. Was it unsettling for you, or was it uh, family time and you were kind of comfortable? Or how, how did it affect you personally, Jeff? Yeah, it was uh, it was a little of both. I was surprised uh, when they eliminated the positions and, and stuff in in Arizona, but at the same time, uh, I I understand it, and um, you know I had no hard feelings there. I, I'm I'm grateful for the the time that I spent there, um, but also you know it, it's been great for me. I have two little girls that are almost five and almost uh, two, so I've been able to be at home with them and spend a ton of time with them here in, in a beautiful place. I live in Scottsdale. It's, it's been great to have some pool time and be around the girls. And, um, but at the same time, I've been, I, the whole time I was adding things to my resume and doing little leader assignments, you know, for myself to, to add to that resume. And I helped out with some, some kind of video coaching with some NHL players and, and got to put that on the resume and work one-on-one -on -one with them and, and kind of break down their games and, and uh and give some of my opinions on that so that that was a good chance for me to do that and then um when it came time this uh this may june i had started talking with um some teams and interviewing with some teams and um 
in different roles, whether it be player development um, positions or uh, or coaching. Uh, I had a couple interviews uh, for those, and this one was the one that I uh, um, was offered uh, first, and this is the one that I, to be honest, wanted most. So um, worked out really well for me in the end, and uh, I just am appreciative for my time in Arizona, but also uh, super excited for this opportunity uh, up in Vancouver. Jeff, the, with the NHL draft coming up, yeah. uh, can, to discuss. I, I know you went undrafted, but discuss leading up to the draft, uh, the excitement, and also uh, how the draft when you were uh, around being drafted, it's different than. It- yeah, it, it really is. You get there's more more avenues. Like these kids will know when they're getting drafted, kind of their area. There's they have feedback from their you know, their agents and a bunch of people around them where when I was going through the, the process, I, I, I knew that I probably wasn't going to be drafted. I had gone, uh, played my first season at North Dakota and, and played, you know, two thirds of the games or whatever. And back in my day, if you weren't over six, one or six, two, uh, not, you know, if you, depending how skilled you are, the, the ultra skilled probably got drafted, but if you weren't over six, one, six, two, you probably weren't going to get drafted. You had to work your way up, um, which I eventually did, but, um, yeah, it's, it's a different time. I think now the speed and skill is, is super important, uh, the size also, but, um, you just see a wider range of, of kids and they, they draft based on talent. And then it's kind of like, uh, you know, you're going to get a shot to, to play. You don't really have to necessarily play those two, three years in the minors and grind it out and really prove that you can be an NHL or, um, it's more so kids are given a chance to kind of prove that they uh, that they can't play or they get a, they get more of a chance to play right away, which is a good thing, which which brings the level of skill and speed up in the NHL. So that's why you see, uh, you know, lots of skilled kids getting drafted, no, no matter of size. So I, I like that part of it. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's different, but it's, uh, you know, it's still exciting, still the same kind of this most skilled are going to play in the NHL. So it's... Uh, you know, let's draft the, the most skilled and see if we can develop them along the way and turn them into good NHLers. So in that way, it's the same. So we know one thing, Jeff, uh, the kids have changed uh, from back when you and I were kids. <laughs> it's it's video games now. It's a lot of electronic stuff. Uh, a lot of people say the intention, attention spans have changed. Um, does that change coaching philosophy at, at the level that you're going to be at? Or um, is it still the same and it all just kind of works itself out? Yeah, I think you have to be a you have to be a listener. You have to be uh, kind of empathetic and, and genuine for the kids or for the kids. They're not uh, for the for the guys and make sure that uh, if if they want to know a reason why why something is the way it is, you have to be able to tell them and you have to be able to come across as honest and, and forthright and and you know be yourself with the with the players because in the end that's uh, that's what they want. So. And it helps with having the experience of being in the position that, that they are in the AHL. You're one step away, and you know some days you might think, you know, I, I'm just never going to get there, and that's when you got to give the guy a boost. And some days you might, it could be the opposite. You know, why aren't I there? And you know, I, I feel like I'm, this, I should be there, and that's when you got to, you know, keep the guys on task and keep them going, uh, keep them at it. So, um, but yeah, there's different personalities, but it's not a, it's not a bad thing. It's just a different time, and um, you have to be. Uh, positive and genuine and, and, and let the guys know your opinion and um, and stick to that and also um, you know be, be there every day for the guys and make sure that you're somebody they can lean on and trust and 
um, and that you're, you're there for the right reasons. I coach kids in baseball, but I don't have the college, the uh, MLB experience. You have that all that experience of NHL, international. Uh, does How much more weight does that carry when you walk into the locker room and you try to tell somebody something and you know what it's like to, to grind it out and battle for a roster spot and eventually make it to the... Yeah, I think I think credibility definitely helps. Um, you know, I I think I went from being a guy that had to um, you know almost take a bad penalty or, or try and try and start a fight or something to stay in the lineup <laughs> um, to to being a you know one of the captains um, and, and a prospect and, and stuff like that. And then, but it, uh, it it definitely does help. But at the same time, I think you don't have to have played to, to be a credible person and a credible coach. So I think the, there's there's definitely weight in it. But uh, I can see it the other way also that uh, the they'll trust somebody that hadn't played. So I think you still have to do a do do your best and and like I said, be genuine and um, honest and hardworking in in your job, or else they uh, you know they may tune you out. So. Um, that's just how it is, which is which is great. And a follow up, and a follow up to that. How much are you psychologist versus coach versus dad versus brother to some of these players? <laughs> yeah, assistant coaches. Sometimes you have to be all of them, uh, and I understand that. And I've had a lot of different coaches over my career, and some of them were, you know, I I, I dealt with a lot, and some of them I, I barely spoke to. Not uh, not that I didn't get along with all of them, but it was it's just different personalities and stuff. So. Um, you know, a different day, you might have to wear a different hat, which is fine. Uh, and I'm going to learn as I go, too. I'm not saying I'm going to jump and hit the ground running and everything's going to be easy. And and, uh, and I'm going to be the, the Jack Adams, uh, you know, nominee. <laughs> it's going to be um, learning as I go, but I'm willing to uh, to do that and take the, um, you know, the ups and downs of a season and, and give whatever I can and, and hopefully uh, contribute to a, to a group up there. Jeff, if you can, explain to our listeners the difference between uh, a player development coach, a uh, skills development coach like you were with the Coyotes, and now yeah. an assistant coach at the AHL level or even at the NHL level. Uh, what's the difference day-to-day? Yeah, I think different organizations have different um, different roles for, for for that coach. Some some of the skills coaches travel with the team. Some don't. Some, some are able to be on the ice for practice. Uh, some aren't. So it's all different. With the Coyotes, we had it different where, where I was on the ice sometimes. Uh, I skated the injured players and um, uh, did things during the game for the coaching staff, but I wasn't on the ice during practice. Um, I'd come on sometimes before and help with the goalies. Uh, but other organizations uh, have the skills person more involved. Um, that, that, that wasn't necessarily the case with the Coyotes, which, which is great. We had some really good coaches. Uh, and then, uh, assistant coach in the AHL, you're in the, you know, you're in the mix every day. You're in the, uh, the day to day, uh, with the group and planning some of the travel and doing some of the planning, the practices and rest time and, um, definitely the systems and whichever, uh, special teams, uh, you're involved in, whether it's the PK or the power, penalty kill or the power play and in my case, power play and, um, working with the forwards. So also contributing to the to practice plans and um like i mentioned the scheduling and, and stuff like that so uh it i think one is one is um not as hands-on and not as uh you don't really feel um 
you're not really part of the team and traveling with the team as much as I uh, had anticipated. And now that I have this opportunity, I think this one's more for me. This is in the in the mix in the day to day goings on. And as a former player, that's kind of what you'd miss uh, as you as you go on, like after you retire. So I think this is uh, this is more for me. You talk about the power play, uh, and how do you, as a coach, walk that fine line between getting enough shots but yet passing just enough as well? Because you see some teams overpass, pass up a good shot. Some teams just uh, rely on firing at the net. Uh, and also, what is your style as far? Yeah, I mean that'll it'll it'll come with uh, some of the talks and, and meetings that we'll have with the with the big team there in Vancouver, I think, but. Um, You'd like to. I'm not sure whether we'll, you know, adapt a lot of their systems and try and, you know, rework it a little bit with the personnel that we'll we'll end up having there. But um, that's definitely you have to take that into consideration that you don't really want to have a complete opposite power play than the, than the parent team does. But at the same time, you have to go with what works for your personnel and and, and your players on your team. So you can't necessarily run a, a Quinn Hughes style power play without uh, without a Quinn Hughes in Abbotsford so um, you, you know we'll see we'll see what uh, the personnel is I, I know that I'll be able to to work on the fly and, and come up with some some good uh, plans for us but um, that'll be con- conversations I'll have with uh, with our coaching staff and and Jason King and, and Travis Green and, and some of the guys up top also all right, final one for me, and again, we appreciate your time and uh, wish you the best of luck up there in Abbotsford. But um, this last year, Jeff, has been extremely tough on the college players coming up and junior players because the NCAA grants an extra year, and and some of the junior guys got pushed back or maybe lost a spot that they thought they were going to get in NCAA hockey. You've been in NCAA hockey. You know what it's like. Um, can you kind of put us uh, – in a locker room right now or what those guys might be going through uh, with such a crazy year in the past, hopefully. Yeah. I, you cut out during the first part, but I think, you know, when their seasons were canceled, did you mention? Yeah. I was just talking about the fact yeah. that the NCAA gave an extra year of eligibility. What is, what's oh, it like good. when you kind of got squished in the middle there as maybe a junior player that yeah. thought you were going to get your scholarship and now it's either been pushed back or removed. Yeah, that's the uh, that, that that was heartbreaking. I saw that happen to uh, my where I played my junior in, in Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. They basically missed the whole season. And for those kids that are you know that age or or, or in that situation, it's tough. The pandemic wasn't really good on anybody, um, especially for hockey players. That's an important year of development that they just you know they give up that year and now they're a year older when they next play a game. So that's tough to do college kids i'm glad that they did that that's uh that's good on the ncaa um but yeah it's tough you play less games this way it was in a bubble it just wasn't the same experience to be on campus all the time um and obviously for the junior kids to to miss the some of the junior leagues to miss a full season is uh obviously not ideal even the playoff system in the, in the american league is tough because they couldn't compete for a, for the calder cup so um I'm just excited for all the teams to get back and all the players to get to uh, get back in a, in a team environment and hopefully play some full seasons and um, we'll see some good hockey. Well, I can tell you we're going to miss you down here in the desert southwest, but uh, the podcast can be done anywhere, my friend. So <laughs> whenever you've got time, I love to talk. You know that. 
That's for sure. Yeah, no problem. No problem. We're on the same time zone there, so it should work out just fine. <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll catch great. up with you somewhere in an AHL rink uh, in the Pacific Division. But, Jeff Almer, thanks for spending the time with us. Best of luck up there, and uh, let's turn that organization around so they're in the playoffs every year. Sounds good. I'll do my best. I appreciate it, guys, and continued success with uh, the podcast and with hockey down here in the Southwest. It's been it's been uh, great for our, my, me and my family to be around here, and wish you guys nothing but the best. Thank we you. appreciate it. Thank you, Jeff. That's Thank Jeff you. Almer, the uh, the newest assistant coach for the Abbotsford Canucks of the AHL, the uh, AHL affiliate of the uh, Vancouver Canucks, and we're looking forward to seeing them because we will have them in our coverage area this year. So. Uh, Rob and I are going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and, and wrap up another episode of Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly as we continue NHL Draft Week in about three minutes. Ask any hockey player in the desert Southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Bill Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available too for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice? Our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable. Show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. Hi, this is Derek Stevens. Download your new sports betting app with Circus Sports. Get 24-7 access to a dynamic sports betting menu, including props, futures, cross-sport parlays, in-game wagering, and more. Sign up for the mobile wagering app at circusports.com. Then visit one of our downtown Las Vegas sportsbooks at the D or the Golden Gate to activate and fund your mobile wagering account. Learn more at circusports.com. At the heart of any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit used. And if you want to make the best margaritas, or if you just want a straight shot of the best tasting tequila, then Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is the brand for you. Award-winning Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails, whether you're celebrating an overtime game winner with friends or relaxing by the pool after a long work day. Find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S. Visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, award-winning taste since 2011. You're listening to Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. All right. Welcome back in, hockey fans. This is Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by the D Las Vegas Resort, Hotel, Casino, everything that you need right on Fremont Street in beautiful downtown Las Vegas. Scott Strandy with you from Scottsdale, Arizona tonight. Rob Rothfarb with me from beautiful Southern California. I get jealous every time I say that. Uh, <laughs> Rob, you know you know the drill by now. Every time we have a guest on, I always want to get your opinion on what you heard because I heard something. Um, I want to hear what you heard and, and uh, just kind of recap uh, Jeff Ulmer for us. I heard he misses his days with the New York Rangers. 
Uh, uh, I just <laughs> you didn't even get a chance to get that in. I just kept no, I on back. going, so that didn't happen. <laughs> no, that's okay. You know what? Anytime you can talk to a former NHL MLB, it doesn't matter when they make it to the ultimate top prize of the NHL MLB. It's such a, you, so you can always glean something from it. And he's the type that needed to work hard. So when he goes into his coaching, he knows what it takes. He already has that ingrained in him to work hard. So I'm just, you know, you could hear his excitement of, of wanting to get to the to work and working with these guys already. Well, I took away a couple of things. Number one, a uh, kid from Saskatchewan, never been to Abbotsford unless he, uh, like he said, unless he went there playing an hockey tournament, didn't even realize it. I love it. That That's just pure Canadian uh, hockey right there. Uh, but anyway, um, he knows the beauty of it. He knows the, the, the role that he's playing in it. I know he's excited to be behind the bench and, um, uh, when you think about Jeff Almer, and, and I've known him for a number of years, um, he really, as you said, worked hard. But, man, to persevere for 19 years overseas uh, in Canada, in uh, IHL and NHL and AHL at all different levels, I mean, that's doing it for the love of the game. Oh, absolutely. And that's exactly what I was thinking when you were saying that. This is a guy that loves the game of hockey, can't get enough hockey, and there's never enough hockey, and there's always something to be taught in the game of hockey. And he has all that experience. He has so much experience, whether it's international hockey, it's NHL hockey, it's coaching, it's playing. He has that experience, and and he you could see he can't wait to get that staff, to get to the uh, to Abbotsford, to get with the players and work with them. He, he's chomping at the bit because as a player development and a skills coach, he wasn't fulfilled because he wants to be closer to the players and working closer with them. Yeah, and you know, I saw him uh, at Gila River several times over the past, uh, well, before the pandemic, but uh, working with injured Coyotes players, and uh, it's kind of a lonely, thankless job because it's like usually you and one or two players, you're on the ice, you're you're trying to bring them back from a serious injury usually uh, to a point where they're, they're NHL ready again, so you, you kind of have to you mentioned it earlier and you asked him about being a psychiatrist, a coach, a dad, a brother, all that. Well, you're really that uh, for an injured player because you might have a veteran player that, uh, you know, has been around and seen it all and, and may think that this might be the end, right? This injury may be career ending and you're trying to bring him back and get him another shot. Absolutely. When I worked at uh, Toyota Center where the Kings practice, I used to see it all the time. They could be on a road trip, but you have the injured players, you have the skills coach working with these guys. And it's just like the, it's a quiet rink and there's not much going on. And and yeah, you've got to you've got to be a motivator. Uh, you've got to inspire them to work harder to come back. It's like if it, it could be a reoccurring knee injury or something. And it's like, why fight again? And it's like you, you've got to motivate, you've got to excite them about the game again. And and like we were talking about, and, and I asked about the psychologist part, because when an injured person, look, I'm injured right now with my shoulder, and it's driving me crazy not to be able to do physical activities. So I get that. I totally get that. And you need to have someone to keep you motivated. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of motivation and, and knowledge and skills, there's no doubt that uh, when you brought that up and asked him what his duties might be, he said the power play because – um, back in his days at North Dakota, and that's where I know him best from, um, they were prolific scorers. I mean, they could score almost at will. Um, and and his his prowess, prowess and uh, ability to, to, to see the ice and not only take 
the ability to see the ice, but to translate it into teaching it is something I think Jeff Almer is going to be fantastic at. So Abbotsford is going to be a team to watch. Uh, the, the Vancouver Canucks have a lot of talent in their system. They need to put it all together, and I think he's going to be a big piece in getting it done up there. So congratulations to Jeff for uh, for getting that job. And uh, like I said, we're going to miss him down here in the Southwest because he was fantastic with everything that he did down here from the, the youth programs to the Coyotes to just being a, a sounding board for a lot of people I know. Uh, but we're very happy for him to uh, to be back in in the coaching ranks at the AHL level at least uh, for a while. Uh, he may be going he may be going higher places, folks. Just uh, keep your eye on uh, that name, Jeff Almer, because uh, he's one of a kind. And okay, um, as we transition out of that, uh, you told me that you were perusing some of the uh, protected and non-protective lists of the uh, the NHL team. So I'm going to give you a chance now to go through and tell me some of first of all the surprises that were left unprotected? Well, you know, some of them may be because of cost. Some of them may be because they're pending free agents like, you know, Vetchkin. But, I mean, you look at some of the Stanley Cup winners, and, I mean, there's a lot of pages here to go through, but you have David Backus, Adam Henrique, Kevin Shattenkirk, just from the Ducks. And then, you know, you, you look at, like, the Bruins. Uh, where would the Bruins have been? Uh, without Taylor Hall, without Krejci, without Greg McKagan, Nick Ritchie during their playoff run. So it's just some of these names, and it could be, like I said, because it costs a pending, ref- uh, like Taylor Hall will be restrict- unrestricted July 30th. So the window is so small for the Kraken if they do take him to sign him. Uh, but Louis Erickson from the Canucks, since we were just talking about him, that's a pretty big name. Antoine Roussel, Brandon Sutter. Jake Vatman. I mean, so this, you know, that, and I use Vancouver because we were just talking with Jeff Omer. That's his parent club. Uh, anyone, anyone stand out for you? Well, what stands out for me, and I think everybody knew this coming in, is that the Vegas Golden Knights aren't going to lose anybody. Uh, they, they're exempt from this, uh, this expansion draft. But I think the other thing, uh, Rob, that we have to talk about is the fact that uh, Vancouver can only take one uh, unprotected player per team. Um, so you mentioned a lot of names, and yeah, there are, but they've got to pick and choose who the right one is. The other thing is, is that uh, like Vegas, they did a lot of wheeling and dealing around it, and they said, okay, we won't take so-and-so if you give us this and this. And uh, so I think it's going to be really, really interesting, and I think if you're going to guess it, uh, I think you're going to have a really hard time guessing all the picks on that list. Uh, I sent you one of one guy that I thought did a tremendous amount of research on it. And uh, when I looked at it, I'm going, yeah, okay, I can see that. I can see that. No, no, that's not happening. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I, I'm looking at one right now uh, that was done by uh, some big NH- bigger NHL names uh, that uh, report on hockey, and I can't find exactly who it was. Uh, oh, here we go. Dan Rosen, Tom Galati, and Pete Jensen. Uh, they conducted their own. That's three big names. <laughs> and they have the goalies being Dustin Tokarski, Malcolm Subban, Capo Kakinen, and Braden Holpe. That's their, that's their goalies that they say will be picked. The forwards are Christian Fisher, Jonas Donskoy, and that's another one, Donskoy. I mean, I would love for him to be on the Rangers. You know, I look at that. Uh, Blake Como from the Stars, Devin Shore uh, from the Rangers. They take Colin Blackwell and. Everything that I'm hearing is more of a Julian Guthier 
Uh, but Blackwell's not a bad choice for him, but Gauthier has the relationship with Francis. Uh, then some top D names, Hayden Fleury from the Ducks, Connor Clifton from the Bruins. Another one, Clifton was a big banger for the Bruins during the playoffs uh, this past season. Uh, let's see, Brett Kulak from the uh, Canadian, from the uh, Red Wings, Justin Braun from the Flyers, Vincent Dunn. That's another name, Vincent Dunn. Solid. I, from a few years ago, he was one of the top pair defensemen. So uh, Brendan Dillon from the Capitals. So it's, it's a lot of interesting names on here. Uh, was Giordano on there? I didn't, I don't, and Giordano from the Flames. So that you were talking about deals. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's so, one where they put a price tag on him. But, you know, here's the thing with Ron Francis and his, uh, his team around him. What they're going to have to do is not only pick players that fit um, money-wise, but uh, people that want to be in the organization that they think that can be a, a piece, a building piece, because that's what they're doing. They're starting from scratch. They're, they're trying to build a foundation. But they also have to find guys that that will be not only building pieces that will fit with the way that Dave Haxtell wants to run his uh, his hockey team. And, um, you know, let's be honest. This is a, a winner-go-home type business. And if you're not winning – um, it's going to be tough. So you're going to have to start trying to put something together to start to win relatively soon, right? Yes, you are. And you have a, you have a good blueprint from the, what the Vegas Golden Knights did. They took a lot of second and third liners, and they created a whole team of second and third liners. And then they, at the trade deadline, they, you know, they finagled their roster a little bit. But that's what, that's what the Kraken's going to do. If you look at Haskell when he was a coach of the Flyers, you know, he likes, he likes big guys. He likes to play it rough. He, he, he's not a soft coach. So you look at some of these guys like the Kyle Cliftons and uh, the Nick Ritchies of the world. I mean, the, the Rangers, even though they just traded for him, uh, just exposed Barkley Goodrow. And unless they sign him, which is, looks like they're going to, he's another Haskell-type player. So it's those type of players, the ones with the sand and grit, uh, like a P.K. Subban on defense, uh, I could see being a Haskell type of guy. Yeah, I think I, uh, I can totally agree with you on all of that. Uh, it's going to be interesting because, like I said, there'll always be some deals that we didn't hear about uh, that they didn't pick, pick somebody so they could get draft picks. Um, so let me transition out of that. I know we don't have a lot of time left on a couple more topics to get to, but um, I'm sure you saw what the Arizona Coyotes did uh, in trying to uh, build draft picks. And uh, Bill Armstrong did a great job at doing that um, for having nothing in the cupboard, so to speak, to getting, I think, three second rounders this year and three or four second rounders next year. Um, just your thoughts on, on what the Coyotes did and, how that will put them. I know it's going to come down to picking the right people because you can have all the draft picks in the world, but if you don't pick the right people, it don't matter. Well, that, but that's the, that's the MO of the Coyotes is they tra- trade away guys. They uh, compile draft picks because they can't pay. They, they are always one of the, towards the bottom of the, of the floor of the, of the salary cap. So these draft picks are gold to them and they need to, and they need to make the right choices. Have they done it lately? Not so much. So it'll be very interesting to see because the more draft picks you have, the more chances you have to screw up. Okay, fair enough. And uh, Vegas made a couple of deals, brought some a couple of guys in and moved a couple. I don't think they're done yet. I think they're still uh, working on some stuff. Uh, after no one's this, done yet. Uh, <laughs> this free- yeah, exactly. After this freeze is over with. And uh, one of the most interesting things that came out of Vegas was Marc-Andre Fleury uh, told his agent and told the, the Golden Knights that he would be interested in restructuring his contract uh, 
um, to give them a little more cap room as long as he could finish his career in Las Vegas. Now, that's an NFL-type move. That's yeah. not an NHL-type move. I yeah, is that the I truth? Mean, you know they don't they don't restructure contracts and take less money to, uh, for the benefit of the team too often. You may get once in a while that hometown discount, but that just shows you how happy Flurry is in Vegas. How this last playoff disappointment did not motivate him to get out of town, and how much he wants to help this organization win. How much more of a team player can he be? Yeah, he can't be any more of a team player. And I'll put it out there right now: when he decides to hang it up. Uh, he's going to be part of that organization. His connection with Bill Foley is second to none. I don't think Bill's had a closer relationship with anybody on that roster uh, than Mark Andre. And um, I'm sure Bill is very, very thankful for what Mark has brought, uh, not only to uh, uh, the fan base, the team, the jersey sales, the the donut (laughs) sales, (laughs) everything that goes along with it. So uh, that's my prediction that he will definitely be a part of the organization when he retires. I know him and his family love it in Vegas, and uh, they want to stay there, and they will stay there is my prediction. All right. Okay, okay, wait, 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 wait. But be be a little bit more specific. GM, is he going to be president? Is he going to be coach? You Uh, be a little bit more specific. Uh, you want me to predict that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, do you, well, well, there are certain guys. That, I I that, see him. I see him. I, as... see, always, I always saw front office when he was a coach. I didn't think it worked. So, do you see Flurry on the bench or no? Uh, I, I don't. Suit? No, I no, I don't. I, in a suit, I don't think I see him on the bench because I don't think that's uh, where his his best um, skill level is, so to speak. I'm sure he could coach like a lot of people could coach, but I don't know if he wants that day-to-day stuff, and I don't know that he wants to have that relationship with Bill Foley where if the team doesn't perform, they gotta, they got to part ways. So right. I think I, I see him more in an um, upper management uh, position where he can uh, work within the community and uh, continue to grow the brand for the Golden Knights and uh, in, in that type of role. And I'm sure he'll have some input into players, he'll certainly have some input into goaltenders, I'm sure. But again, this is this is hypothetical. This is my right. prediction, sure. so sure. Uh, I can't guarantee that. But final thing for today, I know you had the topic. We've all seen it. A uh, uh, very um, how do I say it? Encouraging um, moment for a, a Nashville Predator. Uh, Jacob Prokop. Uh, I mean, uh, the courage that it must be it, to come to do this. And the way he did it, uh, you know, the support he's getting from the NHL. I've seen uh, the Rangers and quite a few teams send out a, a letter how much they support. And they donated money towards uh, the lesbian and gay community uh, charities. So it, it just it it's good because in summer when you, everybody's focused on the draft and, and the expansion draft in both the NHL draft, you have a human uh, nature story, uh, you know, a feel-good story about somebody that now can live their life the way they want to. Am I still there? Yes, I'm still there. Still there. So I, I applaud him, and I, I hope it encourages somewhere more people. I, oh, somewhere I got disconnected along the way. <laughs> I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> yeah, that 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 really is, uh, you know, and we're seeing it in the NFL. We're seeing it in the NHL now. Um, so it's not really quote unquote surprising anymore, but it, it really does take a lot of courage and, you know, he's got to go into the locker room and be accepted by his, his players. Mm-hmm. He knows he's going to have fans and other teams that, uh, have to accept him for who he is, but congratulations to Luke, because that, that really is a, uh, 
a difficult thing to do, and I'm sure it took him a lot of hours of consultation with people uh, before he made that decision. My bad. I think I call him Jacob Luke Prokop. <laughs> yeah, Luke Luke Prokop. Um, okay, so as this wraps up uh, the second podcast, day two, if you will, of our six days out of seven, uh, talking NHL draft week, the draft preview um, tomorrow night. Paul and I will have another special guest on to talk at College Hockey Southwest Weekly. Stephen and I will have a guest on Wednesday to talk a little club hockey. And, of course, by the time uh, we start our show, we will know who uh, has been selected by the Kraken. And then Thursday night, well, the gang's all together. And we will be back uh, talking uh, expansion draft. And, of course, Saturday is our uh, wrap-up of the uh, amateur draft. So lots of good stuff coming your way. Any more uh, parting comments, or do you want to – take it away for us uh no i just another great show thank you for uh to jeff for coming on and talking to us a little bit about his new job as assistant coach and, and power play specialist uh so i'm excited to see abbotsford in our pacific region uh so i'm just looking forward to uh the expansion draft and then the nhl draft absolutely and again my thanks as well to jeff almer for joining us take it away my friend Okay, the D Las Vegas Resort and Casinos Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly has been brought to you by Summer Skates. Fall, winter, doesn't matter. We still like to keep our drinks cold. Get your personalized koozies and shower shoes. Go to icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casino, whether it's the Long Bar or the Andy Amo Steakhouse, we are more than just great gaming action. Book your spot at vd.com. Who's mobile? where all plans include a mobile hotspot and America's largest 5G network for less. By Behind the Mask and BehindTheMask.com, where we can provide for all of your hockey needs on the ice or in line. See the website for our Three Valley locations and more. Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas, where despite how long it takes you to eat your meal, there's so many delicious choices, it always seems that it takes you longer to decide what to eat than to actually eat it. By M-Drive, supplements to fuel your drive. Refine your drive with M-Drive. The D. Las Vegas Resort and Casinos Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly and all of Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app. Available for download at the iTunes Store, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the TuneIn app. Hey Alexa, turn on my ITHSW podcast. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by the D Resort and Casino, is a part of IcetimeHockeySW.com's network. Very well done, my friend. Uh, Yeah, you've done a fantastic job with that one. And uh, get yourself prepared, because Thursday night and Saturday night, it's all NHL, baby. All NHL (laughs) all the time. (laughs) I hear you. Have a a good couple of days. Get relaxed. Get ready. And uh, we'll be back uh, uh, on the air again Thursday night, Saturday night. But tomorrow night, uh, Paul Hornstein and myself on College Hockey Southwest Weekly and Stephen Marsh and myself on Wednesday night for Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. So we are the quad pod of hockey podcasts. But now it's a (laughs) six-pack. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right. Good night, everybody.